The Pittsburgh Pirates lit up Spencer Strider in the Atlanta Braves on Monday night. Should we be worried about Mitch Keller as he pitches tonight against the Atlanta Braves? And let's compare 2022 to 2023 up to this point on the August 8th edition of Locked on Pirates. You are Locked on Pirates, your daily Pittsburgh Pirates podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome back to the Locked On Pirates podcast, everybody. My name is Ethan Smith, your host of the Locked On Pirates podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And the Pittsburgh Pirates gave us a little bit of fun last night, folks, albeit there was a delay last night that was kind of unfortunate. But what wasn't unfortunate was the Pittsburgh Pirates picking up a victory against the NL Best Atlanta Braves, a team that has just been steamrolling a lot of teams all season and has had some issues on the road as of late. And the Pirates took advantage of it. Uh, of course, if you watched the show yesterday, myself and Gary Morgan said that this was a very bad matchup for this Pittsburgh Pirates team. And Spencer Strider, being the guy he is, a hopeful NL Cy Young candidate, he, of course, won NL Rookie of the Year last year. I wasn't optimistic going into this game last night, just based off of the philosophy that the Pirates have offensively. But, man, that six-run third inning did numbers for this team. And it makes you question, are the Pirates hitting their stride? They've won three of their last four. I believe they've won 10 of their last 17. They're 10 and 12 since the uh, since the beginning of the second half of the season. More on that metric later because we're going to have a lot of math today, folks. But when you score six runs against a guy like Spencer Strider, especially with a lineup like this, it's cause for celebration. I mean, Spencer Strider is not an easy guy to face whatsoever. And the Pittsburgh Pirates, to their credit, have done very well against a lot of very good starters this year. Uh, remember, they, of course, lit up Zach Gallen, Eduardo Rodriguez, George Kirby, to just name a couple of them. Uh, they've also, like, really done well against other top starting pitchers as well. And that's the signs of a team that is improving at the plate. They're improving just overall across the board. More again on that later. Some things on Strider, though, that really set this in motion for this Pittsburgh Pirates team about how good they were last night against one of the best pitchers in all of baseball. This is only the second time all season, folks, that Spencer Strider allowed more than five runs in a start. Of course, the most runs he allowed in the start um, – I believe came against the New York Mets on June 8th. Uh, but his most runs allowed in a start before yesterday uh, was on July 15th against the White Sox when he allowed five and two and two thirds innings pitch is all Spencer Strider saw last night, folks. And that is again, cause for celebration for this team because that was his shortest outing all year. The next closest outing that he had that was that short was against the New York Mets on June 8th when he only went four innings. I, I mean, Spencer Strider is a phenomenal pitcher, and the Pirates lit him up. I mean, lit him up, folks. And even better for the Pirates' favor, his ERA inflated from a 3.61 to a 3.94. His whip jumped from a 1.09 to a 1.13. 
And yeah, I mean, it's safe to say the bats were hot on Monday night. And thanks to Connor Joe and Jerry Triolo, who helped lead the way in scoring seven runs in the third and fourth inning combined. Connor Joe, of course, homered in back-to-back games for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Jared Triolo was a big part of that six-run third inning. And Osvaldo Beto, even to his credit, he did have some struggles against the Atlanta Braves lineup, as most pitchers have throughout this season. But he still pitched pretty, pretty okay. Four innings pitched, three earned runs. And really... One of the bigger stories of this game as well was just how well the bullpen did in this game also because Ryan Baruki, Jose Hernandez, Carmen Majinski, Angel Perdomo, and David Bednar combined for one run in three strikeouts, I believe across five innings, or it was four and a half or five because Yuri De Los Santos was also in there as well. He gave up an earned run. But that group of five, Baruki, Hernandez, Majinski, Perdomo, and Bednar – just they they were on fire last night, and to their credit, they were just attacking the Atlanta Braves lineup. They weren't scared of the bats that were in the lineup. Now, obviously, the Braves did score some runs in this game, obviously, with the final score being what it was. But going back to that group of five, Baruki, Hernandez, Majinski, Perdomo, and Bednar, they faced 18 batters last night, folks, and that group combined for 12 first-pitch strikes. Two-thirds of the time, the first pitch of the at-bat was a first-pitch strike, 66%. You will always take that if you're the Pittsburgh Pirates because that's what you want to see from this team and from this bullpen is just get in there and attack the opposing opposition, attack the opposing hitters, because when you do that and you throw strikes, good things are going to happen. Osvaldo Beto did a pretty, uh, pretty decent job of that as well. I believe he faced 17 batters and threw 10 First pitch strike, so he had a very good outing as well in that department. And that's what I want to see moving forward from this bullpen is I just want to see them attack opposing hitters. And they did that last night very well. David Bednar, of course, picked up another save. Pirates won their third game in their last four. The only starters last night that didn't have hits were Alika Williams and Brian Reynolds. And a big reason why this Pirates team has been winning games as of late is because of the play of Brian Reynolds. Reynolds has reached base in his last 11 games, so he has an 11-game on-base streak right now. His on-base percentage has went up in that span from a 321 to a 329. Obviously, there were some games where he didn't get a hit, but there were some games where he got on base via the free pass, and you always take that. And Brian Reynolds, of course, usually a slow starter during the season, had a pretty good start of the year this year teetered down a little bit. He's dealt with some injuries this year. And now he's kind of back to that Brian Reynolds that the Pirates wanted to see when they extended him earlier this year for the largest contract in Pittsburgh Pirates history. And you're starting to see it a little bit more. But a lot of this is credit to the young guys in this lineup. Lever Piguero had a good game last night. Henry Davis and Eddie Rodriguez have been very good so far. Andy Rodriguez and Henry Davis, of course, inflating some of those numbers hitting wise on the statistic metrics from the catcher position that was manned by Austin Hedges and Jason DeLay for most of this year. But this is what it's all about, is it's all about this young team taking over, playing good baseball and beating teams like the Atlanta Braves, because it means a lot to them. It has to mean a lot to them to beat a team that has over 70 wins, has arguably the best chance to make the World Series out of the National League. And you could say you face their Cy Young candidate starting pitcher 
and put up six runs against them. Now, obviously, there's three more games left in the series. The Braves could very well win these last three games. We'll see. The Pirates might win another one here in these next three, which I think I would be okay with a split against the Atlanta Braves. And, of course, that will be continued tonight as Mitch Keller will face Yoni Chirinos in Game 2. And before we get to Mitch Keller and why we should be or should not be worried about him based off of a lot of different uh, metrics from Baseball Savant, I want to talk to you guys about BetterHelp. I talked about BetterHelp yesterday and how I myself – go to therapy now because mental health to me is the most important thing that you can have in life. It is like, it's the baseline. You have to have good mental health to be able to succeed, be able to do what you want to do in your career, be able to hang out with your friends and family and be in a good positive mood all the time. And if you don't feel like you're there, go use better help because that's what better help is there for. Whether you're dealing with decisions around career relationships or anything else, therapy helps you stay connected to what you really want while you navigate life. So you can move forward with confidence and excitement, trusting yourself to make these decisions that align with your values is like anything. The more you practice it, the easier it gets. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give better help a try. It's entirely online Designate or designated and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And if you don't like the therapist that you're matched with, you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Let therapy be your map to success with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnMLB right now to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOnMLB to get help with therapy today. As I also mentioned before that ad read, the Pittsburgh Pirates and Mitch Keller take on Yoni Chirinos and the Atlanta Braves tonight at 7.05 Eastern Time. Don't miss a pitch of the action on SiriusXM on the SXM app where you can get the hometown broadcast of the Pittsburgh Pirates every single day that they have a ball game, which they have ball games every single day this week because it's a four-game series against the Atlanta Braves and a three-game series against the Cincinnati Reds this weekend. But before we get to any of that, one of the big talking points about this Pittsburgh Pirates team as of late has been I won't. I will say the decline, but it's hard to say the decline just because of how good he was this year in the early part of the year. But Mitch Keller, who was an All Star this season, you know the whole story about the beginning of 2022. He gets sent down to AAA, works on his pitches, comes back, has a good end of the 2022 season, starts this year phenomenally. But since he he hasn't been that great, and obviously a lot of that has started. Lately, but if you even go down his past 13 outings, it's kind of not good. Uh, Keller ended the month of July with a 6.28 ERA, 28 and two-thirds innings pitched in that span of the month of July. And I think one of the bigger metrics that was more worrisome to me in that month of July was that he gave up seven home runs. And if you go back and look, you could find this on MLB.com, Baseball Savant, Baseball Reference, you can find all this stuff that I'm talking about, but I feel like it's a little bit easier for me to outlay it to you this way. He gave up seven home runs in July. In May and June combined, he gave up six. I mean, yeah, so that that's cause for concern. 
because when you're only giving up three home runs in the month of May and June, and you have more home runs allowed combined in the month of July than you did in those two months, it's a cause for concern. Now, since July 3rd, Keller's ERA, which was still a 3-5-2 at the time on July 3rd, despite some of these outings that were getting kind of questionable, he entered the month of July with a 3-5-2 ERA. Of course, he had the All-Star break as well. He had that phenomenal outing against the Arizona Diamondbacks before the All-Star break where a lot of us thought, okay, the slump is going to end. Then he left the month of July with a 4-3-5 ERA, and we remember, of course, the terrible start that he had against Milwaukee in the House of Horrors at Great American – or not Great American Ballpark, at Cincinnati. Um but he had a bad start in Milwaukee in that game that was 14-1. to Never was in the Pirates' favor whatsoever. But over his past 13 outings, folks, Mitch Keller has a 5-9-2 ERA. Which most people would say that's typical Mitch Keller from what we've seen the last couple of seasons. His first 10 starts this year, he had a 2-4-4 ERA. Big credit to why he was an all-star. Big credit to why if he would have kept that up, He'd probably be right there with Spencer Strider and Zach Gallen and all of the top pitchers in the National League as a Cy Young candidate. He has fell out of that metric recently. You guys heard me talk about it yesterday with Gary that Johan Oviedo has caught up to Mitch Keller in terms of quality starts on the season. They both have 12. And in his past four starts, so most recently, the most recent four starts that Mitch Keller has had, he's allowed six runs or more in three of those past four starts, with the outlier, of course, being that two-earned run, five and two-thirds innings pitched outing against the Philadelphia Phillies on July 28th. So, what's been the issue? We didn't have to look far for what the issue has been, because Mitch Keller, of course, spoke on what he believes the issue is right now, and he spoke with Jason Mackey of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette on this, and said, I have to get it back. It sets up everything to lefties. That's probably the main thing, just bad execution. That last part, one, shows professionalism, and two, shows awareness. He's just not executing as well as he was earlier in the year. And there is a certain pitch that he was using earlier this year that was getting the job done for him, and that was the cut fastball. He's admitted that was his go-to pitch, especially against left-handed hitters. And outside of the four-seam fastball, it's the second most used pitch that he has this year. He's thrown it 508 times. The four-seam fastball, of course, is first. He loves the slurve. He loves his other pitches as well. But this cutter that he's used for a good portion of the season has been his go-to pitch that he wants to use against lefties. And he even said it in that quote that I said, that he talked about with Jason Mackey. It sets up everything to lefties. Teams are going to put lefties in the lineup against Mitch Keller because they know he likes to use that cut fastball. Now, the metrics on the cutter, of course, have skyrocketed. These metrics were way better earlier this year, but I couldn't find anything uh, as far as just a pitch distribution and how its batting average has increased or the opposing slugging has increased. But currently... He's allowed six home runs with the cutter this season. I believe that's the most he's allowed with any pitch this year. 
has a 291 opposing batting average with the cutter, highest of any pitch he's used. A 533 opposing slugging, highest of any pitch that he's used. A 20.9 put away percentage, which put away percentage, of course, is anything. Like if you're just getting it out, that is 5% lower. That 20.9% is 5% lower than his four-seam fastball which is at 20, uh, 25.9%, which is his highest put-away percentage of any pitch, I believe, outside of his slurve. Yeah, so that's a lot of metrics for just one pitch, and I warned you earlier that today was going to be a lot of math, especially in the last segment where we compare 2022 to 2023. But the cutter has been a large reason why Keller has struggled as of late. He uses that pitch as... A strikeout pitch, he uses that pitch in a lot of different ways to try to get lefties jammed up. And you see a lot of times when he pitches, Alfonso Rivas or Connor Joe or Carlos Santana, whoever's at first base, will be getting a lot of ground balls over there because he likes to use the cutter to jam left-handed pitching so that they can't extend and take it opposite field or take it over the right field wall. And that's just what he likes to do. You look at the other pitches. The other pitches have mainly been fine. So... Is this just a bump in the road, and should we be worried about Mitch Keller? I'm going to opt and say no. This is just the league pushing back against something that Keller has been doing very well this season. He was doing it at a historic pace in terms of Pittsburgh Pirates history earlier this year, and he's still 27 years of age. He's still learning a lot about this, and obviously – there's going to be extension talks this offseason or rumors about what the Pirates want to do with Mitch Keller moving forward. And you don't want to see Mitch Keller pitch bad, but I will say the extension number has definitely dropped from what it would have been over after those first 10 starts. Because I used to joke that every good start that Mitch Keller had, that extension number kept going up and you didn't want him to be unpayable in Pittsburgh based off of what the Pirates usually spend on pitching. So that's changed. And I do expect him to return to the form that he had earlier this year. I don't see any reason why he can't. I don't see any reason why the cutter can't get back to form. I think he may lean on the four-seam fastball a little bit more with how the cutter has been playing over the past couple of starts and how the starts have went. And he faces a tough Atlanta Braves lineup tonight that just lost yesterday. This is going to be a mad Braves lineup that, Obviously features Ronald Acuna, who also got blanked yesterday by the Pirates pitching staff and went 0 for 5, even though he has a 339 batting average. So Mitch Keller doesn't have it easy tonight. And obviously, um, Bailey Falter, and um, it appears that Bailey Falter and other guys have been called up uh, to come up to the rotation. There's questions with this rotation. There have been all year with the absence of JT Brubaker from Tommy John, Mike Burrows from Tommy John surgery, Vince Velasquez from season-ending surgery. There's been questions. Of course, I believe outside of Johan Oviedo, who's just been downright impressive over the past month and a half, two months. But you need Keller to get back to his positive ways. Could that start tonight against the Braves? It's very well possible it could. We'll have to wait and see. And before we get to our final segment of today's August 8th edition of Locked On Pirates, which is going to be comparing 2022 to 2023 up to this point, if you're having car issues or, you know, you're just building a car, I know a lot of friends who love building cars. They are infatuated with cars even. You can go to eBay Motors. 
you know, and find all the things you need and get the right parts and the right fit and the right prices. Because for a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to the My Garage page and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. As always, I always love to thank all of you wonderful people for tuning in to the Locked On Pirates podcast all the time. You guys are the best listeners that a podcast host in myself could ask for. This is also a great time to tell you to follow on Twitter at MVP underscore Ethan or at Locked On Pirates for all of my opinions, analysis, and reactions to anything that happens during the games, outside of the games, transaction moves, prospect news, all that good stuff. That's what I'm here for. So around this time last year, most of the optimism surrounding this team was around O'Neill Cruz. That was basically it. And now, one, O'Neill Cruz has not played a large portion, if at all, this year because of the unfortunate injury that he had at home plate against Sebi Savala and the Chicago White Sox earlier in April. But now, you look across the diamond, and you're starting to see things take shape a little bit which I think is the biggest thing that this Pirates team needs, is they you, you want to see this team start to take shape. And obviously, the 20-8 and eight start that they had earlier this year was very nice. Some of the best analytical numbers I've done on this show from that time period. For you guys, some of the best baseball we've seen the Pirates play in years. But now, after months of that being gone and after months of them tumbling down to the current record that they sit at the youngsters have taken center stage and boy oh boy the youngsters have done some good things but i wanted to compare last year up to this point to where the pirates sit now now i'm not going to go specifics on record like just their record overall. But we are going to go into records as far as how they did in the second half and all of that. So, in 2022, we all remember 62-100. and 100. It's their second straight consecutive 100-loss season. It would have been their third if 2020 was a full year. And as I mentioned, there wasn't much to be optimistic about outside of O'Neal Cruz. But now... On August 8th, at least for me, I see Andy Rodriguez, I see Henry Davis, I see Leover Piguero, I see Nick Gonzalez, who did get sent down, but will probably be back. I see Key Brian Hayes. Hopefully see O'Neill Cruz coming back in a couple weeks. I see Brian Reynolds fully extended. I see Johan Oviedo, who they literally got for a rental starting pitcher and a reliever. I see a bullpen that is improving as the days pass. So optimism's there. 
So now that we're in the second half of the year, let's start with the second half of the season last year. In 2022, Pirates were 23-46 and 46 in the second half of the year, which is always post-All-Star break. So far in 2023, they are 10-12 in the second half, which amounts to a 45% winning percentage. If you want to round up to 46, you can which, if you do the math of 45%, and the second half, of course, having 69 games, as it always usually does, Pirates are on pace for around 21 more wins this year. So, you know, they they just won their 51st game last night. That would put them at 72 and 90. And 32 and 38, or 32 and 37. In the second half of the year. Check my math if you want. But it's not far off to the point. Where it's going to be like. Whoa his math is way off. Now. Obviously like I said. There's lots of math in today's show. But. If the Pirates. Do go. 72 and 90. It's a 10 win improvement from last year. Could they win. 21 more games? Probably. You're mixing in games against the Mets in there. You're mixing in a lot of divisional matchups. They have struggled in division this year, which is something that they struggled with last year too, but not near as bad as what we saw with those nine straight losses in the NL Central. And you just continue to look at all of these metrics and what the on-pace metrics are. That's just on pace. Like, what are they on pace for? So in 2022, the Pirates were 21 and 27 in one-run games. 21 and 27, that's a 438 percentage. This season, in one-run games, the Pirates are 15 and 11 with a 58% winning percentage in one-run baseball games. It's a noticeable improvement. And... Nearly, they've nearly matched their win totals at home and on the road this year. Last year, 34 wins at home in 2022. They're already up to 27 in 2023. They had 28 road wins in 2022. They were horrible on the road last year. They already have 24 this year. Yeah, they're going to probably on pace to beat those as well. And just a fun little one that I wanted to throw in here. Pirates have already surpassed their shutout mark from last season. They have seven shutouts this year, thanks, of course, to better pitching. They had six last year. Seven shutouts this year already. Now, this is not me discounting the fact that they did collapse after a 20-8 and start. It's not. But what I'm saying, there are improvements that are noteworthy of appreciation from what this team has done, and especially now, the way they're doing it with the likes of Andy Rodriguez, Henry Davis, Quinn Priester, Osvaldo Bito, um, Johan Oviedo, Alika William, Jared Triolo, all the young guys are playing good baseball. I mean, like I mentioned in the first segment, they scored six runs against a likely NL Cy Young candidate 
this year and Spencer Strider. They've won three of their last four. I believe they've won 10 of their last 17 games. They're 10 and 12 since the All-Star break. Those are not numbers that you want to write home to mom about and be like jumping for joy about. But is it not better than what we've been watching since June and May? It is. And it's being led by the youth movement. Can they finish the season strong and get over 70 wins? It's possible. You only need 19 more to get to that point. I know 19 sounds like a lot. It's all you need. Can they finish the season strong and improve noticeably in the win total market, which is what this should all be about? I'll be around to watch it along with you. Thank you guys so much for tuning into the Locked On Pirates podcast today here on the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, make sure you follow me on Twitter at MVP underscore Ethan or at Locked On Pirates for all of your news, analysis, opinions, and predictions about the Pittsburgh Pirates through the rest of the month of August and the last month of the season in September, unless the Pirates make a Herculean effort at the playoffs. Guys, thank you so much. Have a wonderful rest of your Tuesday. See you soon.